God, you want to look at a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Guerra. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. Oh, and you just touched me with your sock foot? That was pretty fucked up. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree that that's that was not, a, not okay. an egregious podcasting battle. That's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're not there. So here's how we're going to do the podcast today. Is I'm just going to rest my sock feet on, uh, your, on your knees. Uh, it better be thighs. a small up. I'm going, to put, I'm going to put them right underneath your shorts. No. So just oh, right underneath, underneath my shorts. Yeah. Awful. Not happening. Just a couple of gentlemen podcasting. No, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Not once. You, once you put a sock in my shorts, there's problems. You know what? Is there? Yes. No, I'm being very definitive. <laughs> there are problems then. <laughs> All right. I mean, I thought you were better at this. Better um, at what? Podcasting. <laughs> no, no, no. Nice try. Nice try, asshole. Uh, this is our Halloween uh, episode. It's spooky already. Yep. Hang in there. One of the greatest religious movements of the 19th century began in the bedroom of two young girls living in a farmhouse in Hydesville, New York. Okay. I did not know that. On a late March day, I don't know how they knew that. Yeah, right. (laughs) And around what time of day did you conceive this? In the the afternoon around 4.13. On a late March day in 1848... Margareta Maggie Fox, who was 14, and Kate, her 11-year-old sister, waylaid a neighbor eager to share an odd and frightening phenomenon. Okay. Every night around bedtime, they said, they heard a series of raps on the walls and furniture. Just like gangster raps or? Like like a. a... Oh, not just like, yo. Yeah. No. I mean, that would have been awesome. Yeah, that's way better. In 1848, if someone's like dropping beats. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> My name's Tupac. I'm from the future. What? What's happening in our house? <laughs> um, they hear a series of raps on the walls and furniture, raps that seem to manifest with a peculiar, otherworldly intelligence. Wait, so, wait. The raps had that? Yeah. So I think that they're like asking questions, and it's, uh, if horses have two eyes, knock once. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe it's the late afternoon. (laughs) The neighbor, skeptical, came to see for herself, joining the girls in the small chamber they shared with their parents. There's actually three girls, but I don't know why it doesn't mention the third one here. While Maggie and Kate huddled together on their bed, their mother began the demonstration. So mom was in on it. Okay. Or I think this is confused. I think there are three sisters. Anyway, now I think my son just threw a baseball against the wall. Okay, sure. Now count five, she ordered, and the room shook with the sound of five heavy thuds. Okay. All right. So you're in a room, you yell out, count five, and then there's... The room shakes. And there's five thuds. Yeah. That's something. Count 15, she commanded, and the mysterious presence obeyed. Next, she asked to tell the neighbor's age. 33 distinct raps followed. Jesus. Okay. Okay, you scared? I mean, I'm still Are here. Are you scared? I'm less scared than when you put your sock on me. Halloween! <laughs> if you <What>? are... 
If you are an injured spirit, she continued, manifest it by three raps. And it did. It might just be a yes ander. <laughs> so it's, very, it's going along with a lot it of it. It could just be a really it's, good comedy sport. Yeah, it was. <laughs> exactly. <Ghost>. Yeah. <laughs> the Fox family deserted the house. Right? They deserted the house. Sure. They bailed. Oh, this is what it was. And sent Maggie and Kate to live with their older sister, Leah. Okay, okay, so that's where the other sister comes in. So they, so they, they were so scared by this. That they, that they sent the daughters, the, the two daughters, to live with their older sister in Rochester. They're like, you need to get out of this house. Gotcha. The story might have died there were it not for the fact that Rochester was a hotbed for reform and religious activity. Okay. <laughs> the uh, same uh, area gave birth to both Mormonism and Millerism. Oh, boy. Which was a... a Millerism? Sort of, Millerism was like... <laughs> It eventually became like Seventh Day Adventism. Okay. Yeah, I like yeah, the idea of all, like using your last name to be like it's yeah. Millerism. <laughs> no asshole. Have you heard of Anthonyism? <laughs> Hello, <laughs> in the Church of Anthony. <laughs> Community leaders Isaac and Amy Post were intrigued by the Fox sisters' story and by the rumor that the spirit likely belonged to a peddler who had been murdered in the farmhouse five years beforehand. Wait. Now, how do they know that? Uh, thank you. Like, like at what point... If you're a like... peddler who died, <laughs> rap nine times. Oh, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. Okay, thank God. I was at <laughs> desk. You have to go through so many occupations. <laughs> if you were a dentist... Did you drive carriages? <laughs> rap nine times. Oh, no? Okay. Um, Maybe we should just say like three or four raps. No, no, no. The more raps, the better. When it hits, it'll hit. It'll hit hard. 45 raps if you're a cobbler. Oh, come on. Let it me work. Jerry. This is my process. <laughs> um, so naturally, also like, so they knew that a peddler was murdered in the house and then they lived there? Like... Was it, I guess, cheap? cheap? Uh, yeah. No, yeah. You get that peddler murder discount. Uh, That'll add up. A group of Rochester's residents examined the cellar of the Fox's home, uncovering strands of hair and what appeared to be bone fragments. Had no one ever gone in the basement? Yeah. <laughs> bone <laughs> fragments? Bone fragments. Not murder. I mean, he was shattered. <laughs> well... A peddler exploded in the basement. <laughs> okay, let's be clear. A glass peddler fell. <laughs> Rap 95 times if you're a glass peddler who's been smashed. I'm going to take a nap. No, you stick around. When it hits, it's going it's to hit. It's so long. We will appreciate it. Uh, we lost count around the 30s. Could you start again? Excuse me, uh, peddler. We lost count around 50. Please start again. We're not sure if you're a peddler. The Post invited the girls to a gathering at their home, anxious to see if they could communicate with the spirits in another location. Isaac Post was swayed by very distinct thumps under the floor and several apparent answers. He was further convinced when Leah Fox also proved to be a medium, communicating with the Post's recently deceased daughter. So the other daughter so who wasn't you move? there is a medium, and yeah. she's like, oh, yeah, I can hook you up with your kid. Yeah. Your dead kid. Sure. What do you want? You got, want to talk to her? Sure. You're done with the peddler? We can talk to your dead boy. Is can, that what you want? Yeah. Who do you, what do you Whatever want? Whatever you want. Girl, boy, who died? Whatever it is. Let's talk to him. Rap 65 times if it was a boy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the Post rented the largest hall in Rochester, and 400 people came to hear the mysterious noises. 
Afterward, Amy Post accompanied the sisters to a private chamber where they disrobed and were examined by a committee of skeptics who found no evidence of a hoax. Uh, skeptics slash perverts. They did find perky breasts. Yeah, there were some guys who were like, so, uh, if we don't believe it, we can just see the girls naked? <laughs> I am uh, just not sold. I am, uh, I I'm don't. I'm not buying this. Nope. What I think we should do is take this 14-year-old and 11-year-old and get them naked and <laughs> make sure all is on me up and up. Let's go to the skeptic room. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, I am skeptic. Well, I saw the girls naked, and now I believe in the afterlife. And boners. And boners. <laughs> Modern spiritualism, the idea that one could communicate with spirits, had long been believed in Europe, but this was the first time it had taken hold in the U.S. The entire country became enthralled by the Fox girls. So they're like the Kardashians. Oh, God. Now you've done it. The 19th century American seer, Andrew Jackson Davis, who had become known as John the Baptist of modern spiritualism. That's a little long. That's wordy for a business card. Very bullshit. I'm basically, well, (laughs) what am I? What aren't I? Uh, (laughs) Do you know John the Baptist is? Yes. Okay, I'm like that, but I I talk to spirits. Uh, See you later, man. (laughs) (laughs) In uh, 19... 1847, he published The Principles of Nature, Her Divine Revelations, and A Voice to Mankind. So, just everything he does is long. Yeah. That's the longest title in the history of books. <laughs> this guy. Even, even ghosts are like, okay, I'm just, Jesus I can't. Christ. Really? Holy shit. <laughs> it is a truth, he asserted, predicting the rise of spiritualism, that spirits commune with one another while one is in the body and the other in the higher spheres. All the world will hail with delight the ushering in of that era when the interiors of men will be opened and the spiritual communication will be established. Davis believed that his prediction happened a year later on the very day the Fox sisters first channeled spirits in their bedroom. About daylight this morning, a warm breathing passed over my face and I heard a voice tender and strong saying, Brother, the good work has begun. Behold, a living demonstration is born. So he's a stupid ass. I mean, it's a great way to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is weird. If you feel if you are woken by a warm breathing. Oh yeah, and it's not even a warm breathing. It's saying something. A so warm it's a, breathing. <sighs> I mean, hey, it's basically a, someone's hot breath going. Yeah, hot. Hey, hey, man, it's on. Hey, brother. <coughs> brother. <laughs> oh God, I need some gum. Listen, brother. It's on. It's on, brother. Davis invited the Fox sisters to his home in New York City to witness their medium capabilities for himself. By joining his cause with theirs, he elevated his status to a leader in the spiritualism movement. Unlike their Christians, unlike Christians, American Christians who adopted spiritualism. Wait. Unlike the Christians, Americans. Sorry. That's okay. I put there instead of the. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So unlike Christians, uh, Americans who adopted spiritualism believe they had a hand in their own salvation. Okay. And direct communication with those who had passed offered insight into their fate. So they they were like, well, if I can talk to dead people and they're and I'm like, hey, how is it? And they're like, oh, it's cool. Then I'm it's going to be good when I die. Yeah. No. Pack light. (laughs) How is it over in Deathland? Good. There's Cheez-Its. Rap. 140 times if it's okay. <laughs> Fuck. No. What? I. Excuse me. What? 
I'm tired let of. Let me do what I. What? I'm tired of. As a spirit, I'm tired of knocking on shit. If that's valid, rap 400 times. How about you ask me to ring a fucking bell? Not a, not a bad idea. <laughs> not a bad call. Maggie, Kate, and Leah Fox embarked on a professional tour to spread the word of the spirits. Uh, so now they're, so now they're going on tour. It's like cats at this point. Uh, it's, they're heading it's out. Cats. They're taking the show on the road. Uh-huh. And they're blowing it up. Mistopheles time, baby. Yep. An editorial in the Scientific American didn't buy it, calling the girls spiritual knockers from Rochester. <laughs> okay. Unless I can see them naked. <laughs> then, boy, howdy do I Then I, I retract it? everything. The only way to be convinced of ghosts uh, is to look at young women naked. I must see bottoms. <laughs> Boobs. They conducted their <laughs> they conducted their sessions in the hotel's parlor, inviting as many as thirty attendees to gather around a large table at the hours of ten a.m., five p.m., and eight p.m. Admission was one dollar, and visitors included prominent members of New York society: Horace Greenley, the editor of the New York Tribune. James Cooper, editor and poet William Cullen Bryant, and abolitionist William Lloyd Garrison, who witnessed a session in which the spirits rapped in time to a popular song and spelled out a message. Spiritual. Shut up. I mean, are you serious? <laughs> what? Like the ghosts are hacks now? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> what? What pop? By the way, what popular song was there back then? I'd love to know what a popular song was. Oh my God, they were uh, super into rap. Yeah, obviously. Uh, there was a lot of electronic happening. I mean, what it was a pop, like, here, oh, you've got to hear this song. A, a song back then was like, do you like the dandelions? <laughs> like, it was just- sand, 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 and dirt. Um, they also spelled out a message, spiritualism will work miracles in the cause of reform. I mean, okay. So they're also super into politics, I guess. Yeah, they're political. Okay, so they're political spirits. Super into singing. Who are down to sing and put on shows because they're touring. Yeah, they're having a good time. It sounds like a lot of fun. Leah stayed in New York entertaining callers in a seance room while Kate and Maggie took the show to other cities. Among them, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, St. Louis, Washington, D.C., and Philadelphia. Cleveland, are you ready to hear some rap? Saying, are you ready for some raps? Who's ready for some knocking? <laughs> Get up, stand up, Cleveland. If you're ready for some raps, let me hear y'all rap 590 times. What? Sorry. <laughs> I just yell at numbers. I don't think ahead of time. Sorry. The thing is, now I'm making them more and more, so it's getting cartoonish. <laughs> Maggie fell in love with a guy uh, who basically didn't buy the bullshit. He didn't believe it. And he spent six months trying to figure out how she was doing it. He never believed. He never yeah. believed. Well, that she, the that idea it was that true. you're going to a place to hear something knocking. Right. Like you're paying money to be like. But this is, was entertainment back then. I they mean, didn't it, have a lot going on. What was wrong with their DVRs? <laughs> uh, he, he encouraged her to give up her, quote, life of dreary sameness. And suspected deceit. <laughs> honey, honey, check it out. I love you, but I would enjoy it if you would give up your life of dreary sameness and suspected deceit. Can you quit the deceit, hon, for me? <laughs> quit making this ghost rap. She gave in. Yeah, okay. And she married him. 
shortly before his untimely death in 1857. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so what are the spirits doing now? Yeah. She's like, okay, I will not do my thing anymore. And he's like, thank you, kissy kiss Mary, dead. But if they were married, he must have seen her naked, which means... He saw her naked, yeah. Then he had to believe. That's how you swing a skeptic. You've heard about this, right? No, I did not know that. Oh, I feel like... You just, just got to see naked. Yeah. The, it, anybody naked. And it, her, her. One of the foxes naked. Can you believe? Because there's nothing... If if they don't have like a... I guess it would be like a stick that they could poke... Like, And usually if you have a wrapping stick, you tuck it in your vagina. Is that right? <laughs> well, that's in the skeptic's handbook. <laughs> I've got to That's why they this. have to be naked, and that's like to search them. <laughs> it's like... I right. knew it. Look it's right like, there. It's like going into prison. <laughs> okay, so you're just you're hiding. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, so uh, to honor his memory, she, conferred, she converted to Catholicism. In mourning, she began drinking heavily and vowed to keep her promise to Cain to wholly and forever abandon spiritualism. So Maggie's out. But he probably didn't approve of the alcoholic life she'd take. He was probably like, maybe. She never, he never said don't party. That's right. He didn't. He well, just she said she never with, asked. Enough of the deceit. Yeah. Enough with the deceit. Kate, meanwhile, married a devout spiritualist and continued to develop her medium powers, translating spirit messages in astonishing and unprecedented ways, communicating two messages simultaneously. <laughs> so, what? So that means she would be like... She's like having two talks? Well, yeah, it's like knocking... <laughs> She's probably just knocking with two hands or whatever. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> She's having two conversations with her hands. <laughs> What am I saying? She's not even knocking. The ghosts are knocking. Well, the point is. But she's like tying. She's like, uh, if you used to like horses, uh, three wraps. You rode a bicycle, right? Four wraps. And back to Larry. That was it. (laughs) The ghosts are just like, could you focus on one of us? God, she doesn't even look anymore. People in the audience are like, oh, my God, she's talking to two at once. She is having two conversations. She's not a medium. She's a large. (laughs) Um, she'd also, uh, write one while speaking to another. I mean, that's so stupid. So so she would write to one. She'd be like, hey, how are you? While she was talking to a different one. The one's like, why am I getting letters? (laughs) She can clearly talk to us. She's like, "Mm mm-hmm. I'm here. You were talking to the other guy. Why don't you? I don't want to, I don't want to read. Shh. I'm writing you a letter. (laughs) Don't ruin it. Crazy people are like this is amazing. She's oh, it. I just saw the greatest show where a woman, uh, a ghost banged on a table and a woman wrote a letter. It cost a dollar. <laughs> really good times, money well spent. Um, she would also transcribe messages in reverse script. I mean, uh, we don't even want to. Kn- I, don't I don't even know what that means. That's it. Sounds like she's writing backwards. Uh, so she awesome. Utilize blank cards upon which words seem to spontaneously appear. Hmm. Yeah, but no, 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 not happening. No. <laughs> You're very intrigued. During sessions with a wealthy banker, Charles Livermore, she summoned both the man's deceased wife and the ghost of Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> this is hey, awkward. Hey, hey, your wife is here, but hold on. There's a big man in the house. <laughs> Can't believe I'm being double billed. Ben fucking Franklin. Can I go? Hey, Charles, I want to stop in and say, hey, oh. <laughs> but the idea that Ben Franklin has to just do, like, you know, meet and greets in the afterlife. Oh, for fuck's sake. 
Ben, can we get you in uh, the real world for a second? Somebody wants to prove. Oh, for God's sakes, I was a goddamn it. Hello. What was he? He was an inventor and a president. <laughs> he was a president. <laughs> Whatever. Was he not? No, he's uh, never a president. Why is he on money? Because uh, he was money, baby. Is that, oh, I thought it. that was a prerequisite. That's why he's on money. Are there any other non? Well, he signed the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. And he, he did. He was like an ambassador to France and stuff. Well, I don't think it's too late. <laughs> Her business boomed during and after the Civil War. As increasing numbers of bereaved found solace in spiritualism, <clears throat> prominent spiritualist Emma Harding wrote that the war added two million new believers to the movement. And by the 1880s, there was an estimated eight million spiritualists in the United States and Europe. But that's just because so, so many people they like die. That's exactly yeah. right. So the Civil War happens. All these fucking people are dying by the droves. Yeah. And so, so they're, they're like, like, oh, this sounds. Yeah. I Dad's can, still here. Yeah, I can talk to him. Yeah. He just raps now. Yeah. So. So that. So. But eight million people for the population back then. is Oh, a that's crazy. Huge yeah. amount. Yeah. I'm shocked that public consciousness was swayed in such a silly direction. <laughs> First I've heard of it. <laughs> uh, these new practitioners expected miracles like Kate's summoning expected. Of, of full-fledged apparitions at every seance. See, that's the problem. She, the, rapping, it, you, the rapping used to be fine. Not enough. Now she's reinventing. Yeah. They have to appear. She's writing fucking letters. Always has to get bigger. It's like when Carrot Top had a Vegas show. Like, it's a little thin. He's got to stretch it out now. It's a lot like that. It's very much like that. Two trunks. (laughs) Two trunks. (laughs) The Carrot Top story. Um, For Kate, it was tiring. Both uh, the movement became exhausted by it. She became exhausted by the movement of the people. The bullshit. The bullshit movement got her tired. And uh, she began to drink. So that's two sisters hitting the booze. Yep. On October 21st, 1888, Maggie Fox appeared that evening at the New York Academy of Music to publicly denounce spiritualism. Okay. So this is the, this is the uh, yeah, this is bad. This is the Catholic one, the one that converted. Right. The one that married the guy who yeah, died, who right? Who died immediately. Right. <laughs> who would make you think, oh, I should go back to spiritualism. Yeah. Well, yeah. it shows you how much she didn't believe in it. Right. If her husband died, she's like, now. Her main motivation, however, was rage at her sister Leah and other leading spiritualists who had publicly chastised Kate for her drinking and accused her of being unable to care for her two children. So it's a family thing now. Now the girls are fighting. They are the Kardashians. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're boozing. And one's like, you're boozing too much. And then it's all. I am holding this press conference to let you know my sister's a bitch. My sister Katie and myself were very young children when this horrible, horrible deception began, Maggie said. At night when we went to bed, we used to tie an apple on a string and move the string up and down, causing the apple to bump on the floor. Or we would drop the apple on the floor, making a strange noise every time it would rebound. Okay? Okay. So their, <laughs> mm-hmm. their wrapping mm-hmm. was an apple on well, a string. Hold on. What Basically, what I'm deducing here is that with an apple, they discovered noise. I mean, that's how it seemed. They discovered it does seem like they could make noises. It does seem like a long road because, to hoe. Because right now, they're not talking about spirits. They're just talking about making noises with apples. So they're fucking morons. And they were alone, right? Yeah. So they were alone. Just like, Did you hear them. that? <laughs> There's a correlation between when I pulled the string with the apple on it and the wrappings. <laughs> 
The sisters graduated from apple dropping to manipulating their knuckles, joints, and toes to make rapping sounds. I mean, it really so, makes it sound like they invented touching stuff. <laughs> which had to be around. There's no way they were the first ones who were like, when you put your hand real hard on wood, it just listen to that noise. I think uh, my guess is they were trying to scare each other without the other one being able to see it. Okay. That but they both guess. know. Yeah, but at they, some but, point, yeah, at some point, you'd be like, I get it that's your toe knocking on the banister. But I'm going to pretend it's not an apple on a string. Bunk. <laughs> you got me. A great many people, when they hear the rapping, imagine at once that the spirits are touching them, Maggie explained. It is a very common delusion. Some very wealthy people came to see me some years ago when I lived in 42nd Street and I did some rappings for them. I made the spirit rap on the chair and one of the ladies cried out, I feel the spirit tapping on me on the shoulder. It was pure imagination. Maggie offered a demonstration, moving her shoe, removing her shoe and placing her right foot upon a wooden stool. The room fell silent and still and was rewarded with a number of short little raps. Maggie insisted that her sister Leah knew the wrappings were fake all along and greedily exploited her younger sisters. Before exiting the stage, she thanked God that she was able to expose spiritualism. Okay. So now let's go back <laughs> to the years of all these people trying to figure it out. And it's just these ladies fucking hitting their toe knuckles on yeah, shit. If these skeptics what, weren't. What, the, what about the husband who spent six months trying to figure out how she was doing it? And she was just fucking knocking her toes on shit. Did you not look at I her mean, toes? Really? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> I mean, how, like, you would think that you would hear about this, and you would all you would want to do is try to debunk it. Instead, they're just like, "Well, her story checks out. I heard the rappings. Her foot moved at the same time, but I've never heard of a correlation between the two. Oh, feet do not make noise. Absolutely not." Feet, are, feet can't make noise. That's science. Unless Benjamin Franklin comes along and invents it. <laughs> okay. Uh, the mainstream press called the incident a death blow to the movement, and spiritualists quickly took sides. Well, the, the mainstream media doesn't know how stupid people are. No, they don't. They, a lot of times they underestimate they the stupidity of man. Yeah. 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 Whatever her motive, Maggie recanted her confession one year later, later insisting that her spirit guides had beseeched her to do so. Okay. Hold on. Um, so I don't have any money anymore. So the thing I said about the toes and rapping, that's all bullshit. Uh, what a lunatic. I was forced to do it by the spirits. Who's with me? So the spirits that I said were fake were actually using me to pretend to be fake at the time. <laughs> Good day. Can I get a dollar? <laughs> Her reversal prompted more disgust from devoted spiritualists, many of whom failed to recognize her at, at a subsequent debate at the Manhattan Liberal Club. I don't know what that means. They just ignored her. They treated her like a ghost. Yeah. There, under the, in the, under the pseudonym Miss Spencer, Maggie revealed several tricks of the profession, including the way mediums wrote messages on Blake's slates. Wait. By using her... T I know. She's going back and forth. She, the crazy. same one. Yeah. So she's debunking again. Yeah. Now she, but as someone else, she's going in and pretending she's going on on her pseudonym. And even though she's come out and said it's real, and now she's going in and she's fucking crazy. Yeah, she's okay. out of her fucking truth. Okay, uh, including the way mediums wrote messages on Blake's slates by using their teeth or feet. I don't even know what that means. I mean, that, what, that what I are they? Demonstration. Yeah, I, I mean, need a demonstration. If if I see a letter written by a ghost, 
It, I mean, there need, I don't. I can't see anybody using paper and a pen right. at the show. Right. Okay, just so long as I'm right. <laughs> she never reconciled with her sister Leah, who died in 1890. Kate died two years later while on a drinking spree. Maggie passed away eight months later in March 1893. That year, spirit, spiritualists formed the National Spiritualist Association, which today is known as the National Spiritualist Association of Churches. I thought it was going to be the Republican. So they're all part. dead, and they all died. They all died relatively young, it sounds like, and they. Fucking booze the shit out of it until they kick. They went on what is now known as a drinking spree, which is a first. Mm. A spree. <laughs> There's benders, but a drinking spree. All right. That's something else. All right, girls. <laughs> in 1904, school children playing in the sisters' childhood home in Hydesville. Oh, my God. Wait. Hmm? Wait. Wait. What? So now the rappies are the rappers. Is that what's about? I don't. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. I'm just, getting, I'm just getting on with the Halloween story. Oh, boy. In, 19, in 1904, school children playing in the sister's childhood home in Hydesville, known locally as the Spook House, oh, good. discovered the majority of a skeleton between the earth and crumbling cedar walls. Were people not getting buried? The- <laughs> Bone fragments? Everyone's buried under houses? A doctor was consulted who estimated that the bones were about 50 years old, giving credence to the sister's tale of spiritual messages from a murdered peddler. No, 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 there's no, no, there's no new evidence. They found bones. They found bones. Exactly. They found bones. It doesn't mean that the sisters were now right. Yeah. Because no, it does not. One plus one equals nine. Okay. Not everyone was convinced. Five years later. Good. Another doctor examined the skeleton and determined that it was made up of only a few ribs with odds and ends of bones. Among them are some chicken bones. So the first doctor was... There's a ghost chicken man! (laughs) The first doctor was the worst doctor ever. He sounds like he was a good doctor for the time. He saw some ribs and some chicken bones and went, There's a dead man here! Well, that's our peddler. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Most peddlers at the time were all ribs and chicken parts. You want, the thing they won't tell you about peddlers is that they were part chicken. <laughs> Not a lot of people know that. They would come in on their tiny legs peddling. <laughs> clucking away. Peddling and clucking. <laughs> he also reported a Rap rumor. five times if you're a chicken man. <laughs> chicken... It's that first doctor, he it, probably examined people. It's clearly a peddler and has a beak. <laughs> oh, this is the chicken peddler if I've ever seen one. Yeah, That's right, a medical doctor. A medical doctor. I am, yes. Yep, the degree's real. These are the bones of a man chicken. Oh, here's the wishbone. <laughs> Did, want to? Grab one in, Larry. All right, I wish for a real brain. Oh, you got it. Drat. He also reported a rumor that a man living near the spook house had planted bones as a practical joke. What the fuck is going? What? America is a bullshit party. <laughs> their, their shows, their pranks. What is it's just it's horrible? The whole the whole country is a prank. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm gonna play a joke on him and bury a skull <laughs> with 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 a goat skeleton. <laughs> Y'all been punked. My God. Ah, oh, burn. 
Uh, but nothing could stop spiritualism at this point. Spiritualism worked for Americans. It was compatible with Christian dogma, meaning one could hold a seance on a Saturday night and have no qualms about going to church the next day. Of course not. What did you do last night, Martha? I talked to Benjamin Franklin. Oh, well done. See you in the morning for church. Okay. <laughs> it was an acceptable activity to contact spirits at seances, though automatic writing or table-turning parties in which participants would place their hands on a small table and watch it begin to shake and rattle while they all declared that it, they weren't moving it. So, I mean, they're just liars. Yeah, everyone's an asshole. Everyone's just like, let's believe it for fun. Yeah. No, who's doing it? I'm not doing it. Are you doing it? I'm no. not doing it. We're oh all my God. doing it. Oh, we're not bored. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, there's no TV. Uh, yeah. The movement also offered solace. Still, I think I'd find things to do besides go to a table shake party. Well, have you ever been to a really good table shake party? I have not. They're no, pretty great. No, no. But my friend Chicken Man has. He's a peddler. <laughs> He's dead. He's a dead peddler. That's right. The movement also offered solace in an era when the li- li- average lifespan was less than 50 years. Women died in childbirth. Children died of disease. Men died in war. Even Mary Todd Lincoln, the wife of the president, conducted seances in the White House after their 11-year-old son died of a fever in 1862. People were desperate to connect with loved ones who'd gone away to war and never came home. So that makes sense. That makes sense. That's the un- only part of this that makes sense. I understand that, but still, that table was not shaking. Uh, I, I can't confirm or deny. No, you can confirm uh, that. But as spiritualism had uh, grown in America, so too did frustration with how long it took to get any meaningful message out of the spirits. Yeah. This okay. is the 500 knocks thing. Yeah. Everyone's like, okay, come on. Just fucking say it. Say it. Just say it. Can he say it? We're having a say it ons. Please just say it. Just say it. Calling out the alphabet and waiting for a knock at the right letter, for example, was incredibly boring. I mean, just (laughs) what the fuck? Go outside. Holy shit. Are you happy? 13 knocks. Really? I think he's saying he's sleeping, but this is going to take forever with all these Z's. God, I'm so tired of talking to dead people like this. Oh. Okay, seven, nine, okay, boring, boring, word, oh, talking to dead people is the worst! (laughs) I mean, what a fucking nightmare. (laughs) People wanted to communicate with the dead quicker. Of course. The timing. How dare they? The timing was perfect for the Ouija board. Alrighty. (laughs) There we go. Shake the table. (laughs) In 1886, the Associated Press reported on a new phenomenon taking over spiritualist camps in Ohio, the talking board. Oh, God. The board was a board with letters, numbers, and a planchette-like device to point to them. Charles Kennard of Baltimore, Maryland, acted on it. In 1890, he pulled together a group of four other investors, Elijah Bond, a local attorney, and Colonel Washington Bowie, a surveyor, to start the Kennard Novelty Company to exclusively make... And market these new talking boards. None of the men were spiritualists. They were all businessmen. They were capitalists. Yes, they (laughs) were. Ready for money. The board needed a name. Bond's sister-in-law, Helen Peters, came up with the name. She was a medium. Every everybody has a sister that's a medium at yeah, this point. Like everybody's right. like, do anybody can talk to the dead? Oh yeah, uh, Larry over here. He's next door. He talks to the dead all. How you doing? 
I talk, I, I buried chicken bones. You did you did a dead talker? Yeah. Oh, I do that. I do that too. Oh, hey, yeah. I thought I knew you. Oh, oh my God, yeah. you're the last table That's spinning. That's right. Oh. That was crazy. Oh, that was great. I didn't do it. Real, me either. No, yeah. no, no. Absolutely. Terrific that was stuff. a spirit. Terrific. That stuff. was a spirit. Terrific. See stuff. you in church. Okay. <laughs> Sitting around the table, they asked the board what they should call it. The name Ouija came through. And when they asked what it meant, the board replied, good luck. The... <laughs> If it was the first time they got the word Ouija, they were probably like, that's that's really shitty. Really? Ouija? Spirit, could you come up with something a little catchier? What does it mean? Uh, it says good luck. Okay, is good luck like like it's saying good luck to you, or is it like sarcasm? I think, is the board being sarcastic? I think he's being sarcastic. Let's ask him again. Good luck. <laughs> oh. That's, Are you being uh... sarcastic, spirit? <laughs> no. Mm. Wait a minute. Well, that sounds very sarcastic. Are there nine O's on a no? Sounds very sarcastic <laughs> to me. I think, he's, I think he's a ball-busting ghost. It was eerie and cryptic, except for the fact that Peter acknowledged she was wearing a locket bearing the picture of a woman named a Ouija above her head. Oh, what? Okay. I mean, do we even... Like, let's just move on, but let's just call that the craziest <laughs> shit in the story. What? Coincidentally... She was a woman's right activist named Ouija, actually, but Ouija. Okay. <laughs> so Peters basically was just like thinking, oh, here's a name of this woman that I like, who I'm a fan of. I'll just spell it wrong and everything's fucked up. No, Dave. The spirits did it. So the board got the get-go from a woman who couldn't spell. Right. Good next, start. Next, they had to prove that the board worked so it well, could be patented. Well, therefore, it should never have been patented. Easy. Easy peasy. <laughs> yeah. Bond brought his sister-in-law, Helen, to the patent office in Washington when he filed his application. Of course, the chief patent officer demanded a demonstration. Of course. I love that this is at a time where you could walk in and go, I would like a patent. Well, hello, sir. Yeah. Let's do this now. And yeah, and he's just like, well, I'm going to need to see you spell with your hands first. <laughs> then I'll believe it. I won't believe it till I've seen, though, your hand move the board. <laughs> he wanted the board to accurately spell out his name. He wanted her to point at the letters in his name. Wait, no, he assumed Bond and Helen didn't know his name. He was like, okay, let's see if this thing actually works. Spell my name. Not realizing Bond was a patent attorney and probably knew the chief. Yeah. The chief's name. They sat down, communed with the spirits, and holy fuck, the board spelled his name. I had a feeling. Yeah. The chief patent officer went white and was visibly shaken. <laughs> What kind of witchcraft is this? You are approved. Yeah, yeah. It works, sir. Get out of my office. Oh, the table shaking is yesterday's news. Bond was awarded a new patent for his toy or game or hellmouth. <laughs> the first the first patent offers no explanation to, as to how the device works. It just says that it does. Cool. Uh, the less the Canard Company said about how the board worked, the more mysterious it seemed and the more people wanted to buy it. So they I mean, just th not... th that you may as well just say they were so full of shit they didn't want to talk about it. Right. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's actually was the description at first. <laughs> that's the best. The Ouija board. We're so full of shit, we're not going to tell you how it works. <laughs> we won't let you scratch the surface of our bullshit. <laughs> it went on the market. It was called Ouija, the Wonderful Talking Board. And was described as a magical device that answered questions about the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy. Oh, yeah. The board was also said to provide a link to the material and immaterial, the known and the unknown. 
No. It was marketed as both a mystical oracle and as family entertainment. Cool. Uh, not a lot of things can hybrid those. You <laughs> this is hell, but good for a family dinner. Uh, you can talk to the dead with the kids. Yay! This meant that it was... <laughs> Whoa! That's terrible. Oh, you can, everybody's like, hey, dead people. And they're like, hey. You, hey, kids, are you ready to talk to the monsters you can't see again? <laughs> Here we go. Sleep tight. You know, your grandpa was hit in the head by a horse. Let's talk to him. <laughs> let's talk to him. Oh, listen to him. Just just like Gramps. Uh, this meant that it wasn't only spirituals about the board. In fact, the people who disliked the Ouija board the most tended to be spirit meetings because it was putting them out of jobs. Unbelievable. <laughs> no, that, we, that's too bullshit. Stick with us. We're just pretty bullshit. The Ouija board appealed to people across a wide spectrum of ages, professions, and education. It was an instant success. Of course. By 1982, the Canard Novelty Company went from one factory in Baltimore to two in Baltimore, two in New York, two in Chicago, and one in London. I mean, that is Shit fucking ridiculous. Is blowing up. That is really insane. Shit's blowing Five up. Five factories to make the, a, a game, a, a yeah. Ouija board. Shit is blowing up. It's like the iPad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Canard Novelty Company's incorporation papers read... The said corporation will be managed by five directors who will manage the concerns of the said corporation for the first year. Now, that's a really stupid thing to put in a business document because if you just say one year, then it just means one year. Right. That was taken literally. One year later, Colonel Washington Bowie dismissed the other founders of the company except for Harry Wells Rusk. So he was like, he just a year's his- up. You guys put in there that it'll be a year. I've got the most money in here. Go fuck yourself. And he takes one of them. He's like, but you're cool. You're cool, Fuck Rusk. you guys, but you, you're cool. Hey, Rusk, I like your name. Come on, Russ. Uh, the others were bought out. He then renamed the company the Ouija Novelty Company and put his close friend, William Feld, at the helm. For 26 years, William Feld ran the company. When interviewed about the Ouija, he was amusingly frank. He was a Presbyterian. He didn't believe it was a medium of communication with departed spirits. But at the same time, he thought the Ouija was a reliable advisor in matters of business and personal life. He, he, offered, he offered an example. What a large, Dave, I can't wait for what. He offered an example. No, you can't talk to the dead, but I tell you what, it helps in business matters. Oh, they're crazy if they're trying to talk to the dead. It's how you do business. That's what it's good for. You don't know about this company, IBM, but they're going to start, and this is how they're going to start, with a fucking Ouija board. (laughs) When a large shipment consigned to St. Paul, Minnesota got lost, a search by railroad officials failed to find it. FUD asked the Ouija board, and it directed him to Ohio, right where it had been misdirected. (laughs) To find more Ouija boards, he asked a Ouija board? Yes. We're really uh, knee-deep in some horseshit. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. No, it's practical use. is for business advice. <laughs> Good Lord, you morons. Ouija board, should I invest in squirrels? Why? Yes. <laughs> oh, good, good Ouija board. In February 1927, William Feld climbed to the roof of his Hartford Street factory in Baltimore to supervise the replacement of a flagpole. <coughs> a support post that he was holding gave way, and he fell backwards to his death. Jesus. Just saying. You know what I'm saying? I'll back you know off. About. I'll back off. Yeah. And he went, went up there to t- repair a flagpole? Yeah. And then leaned against a pole. Send one of the plebes. 
You know what? Time. If if the flagpole needs replacing, maybe the other poles need replacing as well. Yeah, very true. So let's not lean on them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> the man who started the Canard Novelty Company fought publicly for years about who invented the Ouija board. The ousted members launched rival boards that failed. Right. They, they would they like want they like they would like launch a board because the, the Ouija board has the alphabet and numbers, so they would and a couple of things like yes, no, maybe. So they would launch a board that had like more words. <laughs> like now they'd be like, look, there's the word chicken. I, and I and like that. I like that the spirits have like brand loyalty. No. <laughs> No, we just we're good with Ouija. The other ones are too talky. Too many words. What it, what's this word here? Grip? Too much. Charles Kennard continued to invent things. At one point he filed a patent for something called a weird A. Oh, what the fuck is it? But there's no record of what it is. Ah, oh, shit. Isn't that amazing? What is the weird he A? Fucking filed a patent for the weird A. Oh, see, we need a- to get a Ouija board and talk to him and find out what the fuck it was. The weird A? The weird A. How the fuck did that get lost? I want to know so bad. If anybody can do any research, (laughs) if we have have an amazing researcher out there, you find out what the weird A is. It's amazing. I mean, I just hope it's just a weird A. (laughs) It's got feathers on it. It's super weird, man. Would you buy this? No, no absolutely no, not. No, it's just a strange A. I wouldn't. I had no interest. I own in the it. market. If we ever are looking for feathered A's, you know who to come to. And then get ready for off B. <laughs> it's a little bit off. Oh, and let me show you my crazy L. Look at this shit, huh? You gonna believe this? I already got the patent. I already got the patent. Finally, in 1919, Bowie sold the remaining business to in, a, in interest to Feld uh, before he died, obviously. His protege for $1. So I guess he was dying or whatever. I was like, take it, kid. Or he just was black belly him. <laughs> or a dollar was really valuable. Uh, the, ni- uh, the 1910s and 20s, with the devastations of World War One and the manic years of the Jazz Age and Prohibition, witnessed a surge in Ouija popularity. It was so normal that in May 1920, Norman Rockwell, illustrator of the Common America, did a picture of a Ouija board. And one of his many drawings. He was like the guy who drew. Yeah, yeah. So it was that big of a deal. More factories opened. The Ouija board was exploding. More factories. More. More and more. Strange stories about the Ouija board incidents also became the norm. In 1920, National Wire Services reported that would-be crime solvers were turning to their Ouija boards for clues in the mysterious murder of a New York City gambler, Joseph Burton Elwell. The police were not happy about it. Because everyone's like, hey, hey, I checked my Ouija board. It's uh, Doc Rampkins. No, okay. it's not. It's not Doc Rampkins. No, the Ouija board said so. Stop. Hey, I got a tip. I got a tip. You no, know Mary Eloise it, it, no. Jenkins? No, is it from the Ouija board? Yeah. We don't want it. It's a tip. What? You know. No, get out. Mark. Yeah. Franklin, who get lives out. over on 42nd Street. Yeah. He did it. He, he did the murder. And because he, you asked the Ouija board. Yeah. Okay. Get out now. <laughs> just all these people lined up with their Ouija boards. Hey, man. Uh, I was talking to the Ouija board, and uh, I think you might want to check the ocean. <laughs> I talked to the Ouija for a little while last night. <laughs> the worst time to be a cop. In March 1920, the Oakland Tribune had a headline, Whole Town Ouija Mad. The town was El Cerrito, California, where there had been an outbreak of weird occurrences and strange behavior associated with the use of the Ouija board. 
Seven people were reportedly driven insane, and a teenager was found nude, reportedly because it was easier to communicate with spirits when not in, uh, encumbered by clothes. <laughs> I got to take it off, man. I really got to get. I really got to get into the spirits. Ghosts hate when you're clothed. Oh my god! <laughs> Here's the thing about ghosts: if they can't see your dick, half the time they're not going to talk to you. I do it for them. I do it for me. It's a win-win. <laughs> I'm just going to get naked and talk to some ghosts. What are you doing? Okay, cool. I'll bring some chicken bones. Bye. <laughs> oh, God. A police officer ripped off his uniform and ran devoid of clothing into a bank. <laughs> city, okay. officials, city officials held a town meeting to discuss the Ouija mania that had invaded the town. Mental health care professionals were called in to examine the town's entire population of 1,200 inhabitants. A prominent psychologist said this sort of thing happened with Ouija boards a lot. Not because of talking to the dead, but because people cause themselves to go insane with hysteria. So they just freak themselves out. Yeah. City officials made Over the nothing. decision to ban the Ouija board within El Cerrito city limits. See, I mean, just so, well, like we just go from one end of the stupid spectrum to the other. Problem solved. Yeah. Problem solved. Correct. Yeah. No, nobody will ever use those again. In 1921, the New York Times reported that a Chicago woman being sent to a psychiatric hospital tried to explain to doctors that she wasn't suffering from mania, but that Ouija spirits told her to leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days before burying her in the backyard. That happens. Well, okay, so your mom dies. Right. What's the first thing you do? Get help and, and end this tough situation. Or you do the smarter thing. You get out your Ouija board and you say, what should I do with the body? <laughs> 15 days? Spirits, are you sure? Yes. Okay, it's going to get real musky in here, but all righty. She didn't ask the sarcasm question. <laughs> I think they're being legit. <laughs> I know they are. It's going to be hard. Boy, it is really starting to hum in here. It's day eight, and I feel nauseous. I can't imagine what it's going to be like in seven days. <laughs> In 1929, two women, Nancy Bowen and Lila Jimerson, used a Ouija board to find out how Bowen's husband had died. Slowly, the board revealed a startling message from Charlie. You're morons. They killed me, it said. Oh, Charlie said. Charlie said. Who did it, the women asked. The board spelled out an answer, letter by letter. Clothilde. It's a terrible name. Clothfield? Clothfield. C-H-O-C-L-O-T-H-I-L-D-E. Clothfield? Yeah. Clothfield? Yeah. It's a terrible name. Terrible name and a murderer. It then added the killer's address and her description. Uh, It just... (laughs) Like, what? Like, you can't... Like, the bullshit isn't even consistent. No. He's a fucking map quester now? It's very specific. Uh, you go between 3 to 5 p.m. <laughs> Tuesday through Sunday. It gave a description. Short. Leave early, beat traffic. <laughs> it gave her description short with bobbed hair and missing teeth. Pretty spot on. Uh, Pretty spot on. It must have taken an hour and 45 minutes to get that information. Then Lila said, oh, I know her. She's married to Henry. After the Ouija board session, Bowen started receiving letters saying Clothilde Merchand was a witch who had hexed Charlie out of jealousy. So Bowen decided to kill Clothilde. She went to her home, knocked on the door, and when Clothilde opened it, Nancy Bowen pulled out a hammer and beat her down. Then finished the job by stuffing chloroform-soaked paper down her throat. 
That's how I want to go. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Hammered and chloroform choked. When her husband was asked if anyone would want to have killed his wife, he said, Leela Jimerson. After further questioning, it turned out he was banging Leela, and Leela had used the Ouija board to get Bone's wife, Bone to murder his wife. What? How is this not an episode of Law and Order? Wow. Move Omer over Who? Amy Fisher. <laughs> Holy shit. Jimerson was acquitted and freed. Bone was released after pleading guilty to manslaughter and accepting a sentence of time served. Because I'm sure. I mean, the, she beat a woman to death with a hammer. Chloroform and, and choked they her. were like, well, I mean, the Ouija board told her to do it. So is this it, is not on her. Is <laughs> this is not on her. This is on the Ouija. The dude was banging. Yeah, the dude was banging her. So everyone's like, well, he was banging her. So she she should be able to kill the husband. Yeah. And just because she didn't do it, and had someone else do it through a Ouija board. The, you know what? Everybody gets off. You know what? Every we call this a win-win for everybody, <laughs> except for the lady who's dead from a hammering. God. The co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill W, had a spook room set up in his house where he would contact spirits that helped him with his alcoholism. This is going to be the spook room, the nursery. <laughs> oh my God! The spook room, the pantry. This is pantry. my office. Oh, oh, what's that? That's a spook room over Man there. Man cave, spook room, other bathroom. One of the spirits he claimed was a 15th century monk called Boniface. He even acknowledged in his autobiography that he used the Ouija board to create the program's famous 12 steps. So the 12, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous are somewhat based on the Ouija board. Stay sober, everybody. Yeah. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy that. There's your sobriety blanket now. <laughs> In 1941, a 23-year-old gas station attendant from New Jersey told the New York Times that he had joined the Army because the Ouija board told him to. Oh, God. In 1958, a Connecticut court decided not to honor the Ouija board will of Miss Helen Dow Peck, who left only 1,000 to two former servants and 150 to 2,000 to John Gale Forbes, who was a spirit who had contacted her through the Ouija board. What can a ghost do with money? Like what the fuck are you? Who gives? Yeah. Who? I would like the one hundred fifty thousand dollars to go to the thing that's not I, there. I'm gonna buy a great ghost yacht. <laughs> what an idiot! What a fucking asshole. I'd like to. I mean, imagine being at that will reading. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> you fucking serious, mom? And I leave everything else to the ghosts. <laughs> fucking damn it. In 1916, Miss Pearl Coran made headlines when she began writing poems and stories that she claimed were dictated via the Ouija board by a spirit of 17th century Englishwoman called Patience Worth. <laughs> That's basically how the Ouija board went on for decades. Just fucking shit like that. Yeah. In 1949, in College City, Maryland, a boy started exhibiting strange symptoms after he and his family used a Ouija board. The boy's bed would shake and furniture would move when he was present. The spirits harassing this boy took possession, and the boy's experiences became more and more bizarre. When medical science was unable to help the boy, a priest was called in. Nearly 30 years later, Peter, oh, sorry, William Peter Blatty wrote a book loosely based on the boy's experiences. This book was to become the basis of the blockbuster movie, The Exorcist. Oh, wow. The movie changed everything for the Ouija board. The Exorcist Theaters... Supposedly based on a true story, the girl is possessed by a demon after playing with a Ouija board. In it, 
Chris asks her daughter, Regan, if she knows how to use the family Ouija board. Sure, Mom. I do it all the time with Captain Howdy, answers Regan. Who is Captain Howdy? asks Chris. You know, Captain Howdy. I ask the questions and he gives the answers. Yeah. You're going to know who the fuck Captain Howdy is. That part, that no one said that. <laughs> I was going to say, that felt Davey. The Exorcist completely changed how people saw the board. It was once fun, good times, family, you know, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. now it was seen as a threat. See, and now, when was The Exorcist? What, 71, I think. So, I mean, we're, st- we're still so stupid then. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a bad device. It's nothing. It's a nothing device. No, not anymore. Now it's a scary thing. Yeah. It literally went overnight yeah. from being the happy fun Ouija board to now people are terrified of it. God it's damn like Captain Jaws. Howdy. It's like what it did to beaches. It did to the Ouija board with, with but Jaws sharks are, beaches. But sharks can be dangerous. No, same thing. Different things. Same thing. Sharks can kill you, right? Yes. What about ghosts? No. <laughs> so, there we are. Almost overnight, Ouija became a tool for the devil and a tool of horror writers and movie makers. The board began popping up in horror movies, usually opening the door to evil spirits hell-bent on killing everyone. Naturally, the Ouija board was denounced by religious groups as Satan's preferred method of communication. <laughs> Everyone's like, yep, nope, okay, uh, so that's the thing. That's the devil's telephone. If the devil was going to speak to you, it would be through a board that you can buy through a company that makes board games. He's all-knowing, all-evil, and he is sponsored by Milton Bradley. Also, Parcheesi is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> In 2001, in Alamogordo, New Mexico, the Ouija board was burned on bonfires. Okay. <laughs> Good. Good that we're now that fucking crazy. <laughs> Bring your Ouija boards down. We're going to end Satan's gateway. <laughs> Christian religious groups still remain wary of the board, citing scripture denouncing communication with spirits through mediums. Catholic.com calls the Ouija board far from harmless, as recently as... For, what a lame way of putting it, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, far from harmless. It's far from harmless. So it's harmful? Mm-hmm. Like, um, have you played Monopoly? <laughs> Same thing. As recently as 2001, 700 Club host Pat Robinson declared that demons can uh, reach us through the board. Demons. He's, yeah, he's great. He's garbage. <laughs> Even with the paranormal activity, Ouija boards enjoy a dodgy reputation. A Ouija board historical researcher says that when he first began speaking at paranormal conventions, he was told to leave his antique boards at home because they scared people too much. Wow. So there's a guy out there who's like an expert on Ouija boards, and he's going around to give talks at paranormal conventions, and everyone's like, leave it at home. And he's like, no, I'm in here to tell you it's not. Leave it. Leave it at home, my daughter. The I thing, can't talk The thing about that it. people were using in their like in their living rooms on Saturday nights is now like no, now it's the worst. But it, also, if you're going to a paranormal convention, you're just talking to ghost chasers. Yeah, yeah. Peter Peter Brothers, uh, sorry, Parker Brothers, still holds hundreds of thousands of them. Sorry, still sells hundreds of thousands of them. But the reasons why people are buying them have changed. Ouija boards were spooky rather than spiritual and had an element of danger. But the real question. The one everyone wants to know is how do Ouija boards work? We better be about to find out, David. According to scientists, Ouija boards are not powered by spirits. Whoa, whoa. Or demons. (sighs) This is tough to hear. (laughs) They're powered by us. Oh, no. Ouija boards work on a principle known as the ideometer effect. No, idiot meter. I don't think that's an actual scientific term. 
1852, physician, and this is 1852, physician and physiologist William Carpenter published a report for the Royal Institute of Great Britain examining those automatic muscular movements that take place without conscious will or volition of the individual. It's like crying in reaction to a sad film or something. Right. It just happens. It's a reflex. Almost immediately, other researchers saw applications of the idiometer effect in popular spiritual pastimes. In 1853, chemist and physicist Michael Faraday, oh, yeah. intrigued by table turning, conducted a series of experiments that proved to him that the table's motion was due to idiometer actions of the participants. Yeah. He also did a lot of shit for Lost. Yeah, for Lost, yeah, the TV show. Oh, I've, you never he, saw it? No. What did? He, but what did he? He came up with. Um, didn't he kind of invent invent like pants? Pants. <laughs> <laughs> he did a lot. He's a, a, a lot of Lost. The 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 fuck. What's it called? The lore behind Lost uh-huh. is based on his. Oh, really? Work. Yeah. yeah. He was on a Cosmos. Planchettes, in particular, those are the things that you move around, right, on the Ouija board. Uh, what are they called? Planchettes. Sure. In Let's particular- swing for the fences across the board. <laughs> <laughs> They're perfectly suited for the ideometer effect. They used to be made of light weight wooden board and fitted with small casters to help them move freely. Now they're usually plastic and have felt feet, which helps it slide easily over a board. Because the spirit's brains need the help. That's right. Yeah. Because Ouija boards work with... Groups of people, no one person can take credit for the planchette's movement. So then everyone acts like the answers are coming from a ghost. Yeah. Researchers at the University of British Columbia's Visual Cognition Lab think the board may be a good way to examine how the mind processes information on various levels, although exactly what to call those levels remain up for debate. Conscious, unconscious, subconscious, preconscious, zombie mind are all terms that are being currently used. Zombie mind sounds good. I'm going with zombie mind. I'm in. Two years ago, three professors began looking at exactly what happens when people sit down to use a Ouija board because that needs to be answered. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what we need to find out. Uh, One of the professors got the idea after he hosted a Halloween party with a fortune-telling theme and found himself explaining to several foreign students who had never really seen it before how the Ouija works. And they're like, we should go back to – We should go back to Italy. We're going to leave. (laughs) This is a dumb nation. He left the students to play with the board on their own. When he came back hours later, they were still at it, although much more freaked out. Then the professor talked to his other professor buddies, and they thought the board could offer a really unique way to examine non-conscious knowledge to determine whether idiometer action could also express what the non-conscious knows. So, so are you? So, how random is your movement? Correct. Right? So, so is there a part of you that knows something? That you consciously don't know, and it's being funneled through this thing. Right. Which is also creepy on its own. And a really hard thing to prove. Oh, no. <laughs> of course not. So first, so first they use a Ouija playing robot. Um, <laughs> about that. Participants were told that they were playing with a person in another room via teleconferencing. The robot, they were told, mimicked the movements of the other person. But in actuality, the robot was just amplifying the person's movement. So, total fucking ruse. Classic robot bullshit. What a waste of a robot. So, I'm, so I'm going to do the 
I'm going to do the Ouija board with the robot. Yes. And there's a person on the other – there's a person controlling the robot? That's right. Why doesn't the person just come in here? So whenever you're ready to start. <laughs> Participants were asked a series of yes or no fact-based questions. Is Buenos Aires the capital of Brazil? Were the 2000 2011- Spirits, is Buenos Aires the capital of Brazil? Beep, boop, 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 boop. Yes. <laughs> Spirits are <laughs> – why is the robot making noises? Boop, 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 boop. Um, I'm going to go to the bathroom. What? Uh, this is when it gets weird. When the part- oh, oh, this is when it gets weird? <laughs> okay, good. When the participants were asked verbally to guess the answers to the best of their ability, they were right about 50% of the time. Oh, boy. But when they answered using the board, Don't. believing the answers were coming from someplace else, they answered correctly 50, 65% of the time. <laughs> What? Okay. So stupid. Then the robot broke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, the spirits didn't like the robot Ouija. <laughs> Next, they had particip- t- participants play with another person, but the participant was blindfolded. At some point, the other guy would take his hand off the planchette so the participant wouldn't know he, he was using it alone. The results were the same as with the robot. 65% correct answers with the Ouija board. 50% when they were just asked. Okay. Explain that, Mr. Skeptic, about the Ouija board. They, they like, have some dumb fake confidence. Wrong. It is now believed that the Ouija board could be very, a very useful tool in investigating non-conscious thought processes. Those type of questions include how much and what the non-conscious mind knows, how fast it can learn, how it remembers, and even how it amuses itself, if it does. The professors are now working on a second study, but oddly, they are having a hard time getting funding. Oh, really? It turns out the usual funding agencies don't want to fund a Ouija board study. Is that right? So now they're crowdfunding to get the money. Oh, God. Classic science. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's how science works. Still, the Ouija board has not been used well at times. In 1990, six United States Army soldiers went AWOL when a Ouija board warned them of a coming global cataclysm the ouija board put the six soldiers in touch with an entity that named herself sapphire and others including those presenting themselves as the old testament prophet zechariah mark of the new testament and the Benjamin blessed franklin and the blessed virgin mary herself oh cool the ouija board trifecta just hanging out at an army base <laughs> doling out advice you know the virgin mary <laughs> Hey, uh, who am I talking to? Blessed Virgin Mary herself. A big fan. Big fan. Hey, uh, I like your work. Not sure I really buy the Virgin stuff, but I like it. I like it. Leave. Okay, <laughs> bitch. You got it, lady. All right, lady. Between December 1989 and July 1990, the Ouija Summoned Spirits gave the group a series of predictions of coming world events. The group took copious notes. When some of the sapphire, when some of Sapphire's prophecies started coming true, one stating the exact dynamics and number of casualties of a major earthquake in Iran, it convinced it convinced the six that they were dealing with genuine transhuman encounters. Okay. Okay. Sure. They felt that they were chosen to act as instruments of God's will. Their oath to the military obviously seemed to be of less importance than following the oh, orders of no, God. No, no, no. Now, now the Ouija boards come calling. <laughs> that is, that's where you need to be. Yeah. Did I mention these guys are NSA agents? Oh, of course. Good. <laughs> good. Good, good, good. 
They asked Sapphire how to carry out their divine mission. Sapphire. Sapphire. <laughs> Need we say more? They're communicating with like a stripper. So, just me, Sapphire, the Virgin Mary, Benjamin Franklin. Get out of here, guys. Uh, I'll tell you guys uh, if you give me twenty. Before before she would like before she would interact with them, there would just be like a ghost DJ. Like, all right, now come to the Ouija board. Give it up for Sapphire. <laughs> Sapphire, come to the Ouija board. Coming out to Panama by Van Halen. <laughs> Panama. Get out of here. Her prophecies are so hot. Sapphire instructed them to flee the military, regardless of the consequences, because they were needed to help lead the world through an impending cataclysm. So they did. They went AWOL. When they deserted, each left a copy of the letter dictated by the spirits in hopes that the letter might make its way into the hands of the president so that he could know of the dire times ahead. Then they left their base in Germany and traveled to Chattanooga, Tennessee, where they bought a van and drove to Florida. <laughs> cool. So they were the Scooby-Doo gang. I love them. They went to Florida. Yeah. Like, we got to save the world. Let's go to Florida. All right. Let's get a van and go to Florida. We'll start from there. No, but they go, first they go to Chattanooga. Yeah. <laughs> they go to Chattanooga and then road trip. Let's go somewhere totally out of the way and then go to Florida. All right. Unfortunately, the van broke, had a broken taillight and they were... St- Stopped by police and arrested because oh. they were AWOL. Yeah. They explained that they were on their way to kill the Antichrist. The Ouija board told him to kill the Antichrist. Who's the Antichrist? I don't know. He lived in Florida. <laughs> we don't know who? Well, the police were like, all right, cool. Where I mean, does he live? The West Palm. All right. That, that'll be the end of that topic. <laughs> now to the AWOLing. No more questions. Since they were all high up NSA intelligence officers, they were reduced to the lowest rank and took an enormous pay cut. Oh, Yeah. An FBI investigation uncovered their Ouija board manifesto complete with accurate prophecies of the Gulf War and the earthquake in Iran. But New York City's destruction by a gas leak and the second coming of Christ have yet to occur. Hey. Wait it for it. 50%. Wait for it. Pretty good. Who could predict a war in the Middle East? Yeah. Who would see that coming in the 90s? <laughs> Who would think that... Yeah. In 1990, you could not imagine a war No, with, no, 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 no. No, sir. There's no industrial mm-hmm. comp. No, no, no. Nothing like that. Nope. Well... In England... Uh-oh. Harry and Nicola Fuller were asleep in their cottage in Wadhurst, East Sussex, England, on February 10th, 1993, when someone entered their home and shot Harry with a single bullet in the back. His wife ran for the phone but was killed with four shots. Harry Fuller, a car dealer, often carried cash, and this night was no different. 13,000 pounds were missing. Suspicion quickly fell on Stephen Young, who was 100,000 pounds in debt. He was tried and convicted in March 1994 and given life in prison. I'm waiting. Waiting for what? I'm waiting for why That's just the story. No, there's going to be another detail now that's about the Ouija board, and it's going to sound crazy. (laughs) I don't think so. But an appeal was filed, and a new trial awarded due to a Ouija board. <laughs> Even with my expectation high, that is the craziest way to put it. A new trial because of Ouija board. <laughs> Turns out some of the jurors used a Ouija board after a drinking session at a hotel during the trial. Those jurors told other members of the jury at breakfast the following day that they had contacted one of Young's victims who confirmed from beyond the grave that he was the killer. 
and guilty. Oh, gosh. A jury of your peers. <laughs> Deserved. <laughs> he was given another trial and convicted again. This oh. time without the use of a Ouija board. Oh. Just this year. Uh, sorry, not just this year. In September 2000. 29 hardcore gang members at the Santa Clara County Jail made their own Ouija board on the back of a Scrabble board. Oh, my God. They fashioned it. They fashioned out their own planchette. They then summoned a dead woman and freaked the fuck out. <laughs> the prisoners went to the guards for help. They reported that they've summoned up some spirits, but we think we've gathered the wrong kind of spirits. We're feeling possessed and scared and nervous. Now, Can you imagine are, a guard? These what? are hardcore. Yeah. These are like Mexican mafia guys. Oh, my God. The inmates' behavior was even more unusual considering they were not mental patients or first-timers unaccustomed to jail. The sophisticated inmates generally don't show fear, said a guard. Fear is a weakness. The prisoners complained so much about being possessed that four were removed from the dorm. A Catholic priest arrived and blessed the 29 prisoners. The priest also sprinkled holy water on them in their bunks. <laughs> the priest visit calmed the prisoners. Good. That's, listen, stick to making shivs. <laughs> stick to shiv life. Would you like the rules of the Ouija board? Oh, Dave, to yeah. close it out. Yeah, let's have let's let's have the rules of the horseshit. Never use a Ouija board if you think it's just a game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Never use a Ouija board alone. Uh, yeah, because you can't. Yeah, because you can't manipulate it on your own. I get that. Don't you shush me. Never use the Ouija board in a cemetery. Too powerful. It just gets so crowded. Well, it's just it's like, so crowded. Uh, yeah, you'll just get inundated with messages. Yeah. Never leave the planchette on a Ouija board when you aren't using it. Yeah, because the spirits can... will just chat away. <laughs> They'll just chat, chat, chat. <laughs> Don't do that. Never forget to say goodbye to the Ouija spirits. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'll you, go when I'm if done. If you don't say goodbye, then they can stay. But we don't never actually it? said hello. They can stay. No. They, if you don't say goodbye, thank you. It's like it's like you. It's like it's like not tipping. It's like don't invite a vampire into your house. I won't unless you unless you invite them in. They can't come in. It's the same thing with the Ouija spirit. If you don't if you don't close it out and say good day, <laughs> sir, then they're like, I'm gonna stick around. I'll be in your refrigerator. <laughs> uh, all I'm thinking about is just. How awkward it must get to get vampires into your home sometimes the first time. Well, you uh, you have to say, come on in. Yeah, but they're just standing on the porch. You're like, so? They're like, hmm. That's exactly what happens. Hello? That's exactly what happens. Would you like to come in? Oh, thank you. Yes, oh. finally. <laughs> chomp, chomp, chomp. Uh, always be respectful and never upset the spirits. I think you're full of shit. <laughs> that was hard to spell. <laughs> Uh, never let the spirits count down through the numbers or go through the alphabet as they can get out of the board this way. Okay. What? what? No, the, the premise of the board is that. What no, is it? What is it? It's rule? science. It's basic science. If if a spirit can count from ten to one, they're free. Okay. <laughs> Let's just go to the next rule because that one makes no sense. No, it's a. It's like a rocket blasting off. No, it's not. It, it's science. No, it's not. If the planchette falls from the Ouija board, a spirit... Cut get... your arms off! <laughs> Kill your brother! If the planchette falls from the Ouija board, 
a spirit will get loose. True. Well, that's quite uh, that's that's some real high stakes for this fucking thing. Yeah, don't fuck. When around. you drop the dice of Monopoly, you don't like raise zombies. You don't know that. Oh boy, the board must be closed properly, or evil spirits will remain behind to haunt the operator. Yeah, that's true. So that one, I, it, that one's true. Don't fold it backwards. Don't no. Put it in right. Mm-hmm. Clean up nice. Otherwise, yep. your life is going to be hell. <laughs> Aren't you glad you got this toy? Isn't this fun? If you place a pure silver coin on the board, board, no evil spirits will be able to come through. That's that's true. That's like the silver bullet and the werewolf. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. Just give them a coin. Also, if you lay your dick on it, it gets weird. Yeah. If you lay your dick on it, you're going to have a year of good luck. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's in the rules. Yeah. If the planchette goes to the four corners of the board, it means that you have contact in an evil spirit or a demon in your life. So that's good to know. Yeah. You don't want to go into the corners because then you're like, ah. Oh, well, that's why I would just advise people to not push it to the corners. Oh, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. The very first Ouija boards were made out of the wood of coffins. A coffin nail in the center of the planchette window served as the pointer. <laughs> there just wasn't other wood around? <laughs> wood shortage? <laughs> hey. What's that a coffin over there? You want to yeah. make, make a game out of that? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, let's let's use that coffin wood and make a game. I'm in. A Ouija board will scream if you try to burn it. Oh, will it? All right, let's go buy a fucking Ouija board and let's find out. Oh, do you know how loud when they burned those Ouija boards in New Mexico? Do you know how loud the screaming oh, was? Oh, yeah, people were like, oh, oh God, God, the shrilling. Oh, the shrill. Bring earplugs. <laughs> Shit's going to get loud. Ow! Owie, 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 ow! It burns, ow! <laughs> People who hear the scream have less than 36 hours to live. Oh, good God. <laughs> no more. <laughs> there is only one way, one proper way to dispose of a Ouija board. Oh, and what is this? Break the board into seven pieces. And bury them on each continent. Sprinkle it with, ho- sprinkle it with holy water and bury it. Uh, what? No, I'll just throw it in the fucking garbage. <laughs> like trash. <laughs> That's it. So stupid. It's not stupid. It's the Halloween uh, Ouija board episode. It's so stupid. Anyway, the movie comes out, I think, this week. You definitely uh, check that out. Ouija the movie. <laughs> Good God. We're just so... And we're even now, we're in we're in our own dollop now. But you're just so susceptible to the dumbest shit. We're no, just so stupid. It's fucking amazing. We just keep getting convinced of bullsh- different bullshit over yeah. time. Yeah. And then we look back on the old bullshit. And we're like, that was stupid. But this yeah. people still use this shit. They, oh, constantly, and get freaked out by it. People oh still get yeah. freaked out about. It. I mean, it's not the Slender Man, but <laughs> but it's something. <laughs> A lot of basement use. <laughs> Let's put it like that. Um, December eighth, we are doing a live dollop at the Meltdown in uh, Los Angeles uh, with our guest Patton Oswalt, and. Um, you get tickets for ten bucks. Do you know what you're what we're um, gonna do for that brown one? Brown paper tickets. I don't know yet. I haven't okay. I haven't decided. Right. I have an idea, but I have to Patton is very well read in tons of this shit, so I have oh, to so we'll find probably something that he be on doesn't. the same page for a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Franklin was a president. I, that is I mean, that is shocking. I'm appalled at myself. 
<laughs> but I really it's a it's a reasonable thing to yeah I could totally put on, why are we putting you can't just put assholes on money these are for the top notch guys well he signed the doohickey yeah big deal he put his fucking signature on something and he was super important that's not enough for me <laughs> it's the hundred okay he the best and brightest he invented the hundred <laughs> fair fair then fair. <laughs> Um, all right. And now people are going to call in and go, he was a president, you asshole. Oh, I hope he was. Uh, all right. Uh, that's the dollop. Uh, thanks for enjoying our Halloween episode. Yes. Everybody enjoyed it, but Gareth. No, I enjoyed it. It's just <laughs> fucking insane. Hey there, people listening to the dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I listen. I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th, Adelaide, November 16th, Canberra, November 17th, Brisbane, November 18th, and then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.